This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. It's Health Matters right here on CNA 938. Welcome into the show, everybody. Now, as you can hear from a nasally sounding voice, I'm just recovering from a, a, a flu, influ- a bout of influenza myself. And I'm wondering, you know, we're so used to it coming and going here and there, but could big data help predict our regular flu seasons and potentially our response to it as well? The world of health and technology is coming together in a way that we've never seen before. I've been reporting about it to you uh, on multiple events on Health Matters over and over again. I'm very excited by what we're seeing in terms of some of the trends in this space. For example, could e-pharmacies help you treat or help us all treat the next pandemic if it were to happen? I'm learning more about the advantages of e-health on today's edition as Timothy Chen joins me. He's CEO of DocMed Technology and Pan Malayan Pharmaceuticals. Now, DocMed is an integrated pharmatech platform in Southeast Asia. They're trying to bridge the gaps in terms of the medical and healthcare industry and the needs of doctors and the companies as well. Let's talk about this relationship and what e-health has to offer. Timothy, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hi, Daniel. Good afternoon. Good to have you on board. Okay, so give me an idea. So I talked a little bit about what you guys are trying to do first and foremost, but paint a picture for my listener, make it clearer. What We don't understand what's happening behind the scenes, right? In terms of the supply chain, in terms of the pharma industry, in terms of what the doctors and the hospitals need at the end of the day. Is this just a digital platform or is this trying to address a big gap or problem in the healthcare sector? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question, Daniel. I, first, I hope that you're feeling better uh, from your flu. Uh, I myself it's taking longer nowadays to get over it. Yeah. I gotta tell you. Yeah, tell me about it. I, I myself recovering from COVID. I had COVID two weeks ago, and I'm still having the after effects. So do excuse me if I start coughing uncontrollably. We'll both cough together, Ken. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think uh, what I want to share is that DocMed itself. Um, we are actually not new in this industry. We have been having digital assets since the year 2000. And what we do is basically we run, I put an analogy, we are like the Amazon for healthcare, where, but we are strictly in the B2B space. So think about it, whatever that, whenever you go to a GP or you go to a specialist in the private sector, whatever that they procure in their clinics, be it the medication, be it the medical consumables, like your gloves, like your medical aprons and all, um, 85, 90% of the private clinics in Singapore purchase from our platform, which is today known as POM, P-O-M.com. So we have been around for about 20, 21 years, 22 years. And uh, so we are strictly on the B2B scene. We do know what's going on, the, the medication procurement trends. Uh, we have, in fact, a treasure trove of data, as you can imagine, over the past 22 years of procurement or medication by the the by the, uh, the healthcare practitioners in Singapore. Having a look at that then, you are in the right position to talk to us about some of the pain points that exist. What is happening in terms of, I mean, all of this was put under the microscope, obviously, with the COVID pandemic and immediate demands that had to be fulfilled immediately, everything from the gowns and the gloves. And we, we reported and talked about it all the time as well. So when it comes to that supply chain, when it comes to the demand, when it comes to the healthcare sector, getting what it needs, what are some of the big pain points that your big data has pointed to? I think the big pain points, especially during the COVID-19, was the disruption of the supply chain where everybody was looking for the next pair of masks, the next next pair of gloves, sorry, the next mask. Um, Augmentin, I'm sure you are taking Augmentin for your for your flu right now, you know, uh, paracetamol, things like this. They were so short in demand, especially more so in the private sector, where they had to go to uh, 
wholesalers, distributors, uh, online platforms like ourselves to get the medication. So we are very aware uh, of the entire situation. And we do hope that our platform at that time, during that time, and now actually we are solving a big, a big need for the for for the for the healthcare practitioners because you know they can they, it's just like going on Lazada Shopee, right? They can lock on anytime, do the procurement 24-7, and we give them live infantry of all the stocks or when is it coming back to stock, and they are able to plan their own uh pharmacy stocks in their own clinics. Uh during this period of time. I didn't know, and I think my listeners didn't know the hospitals shop for these things just like us. Uh. Like they just <laughs> add to cart and, and buy, uh, really. Uh. No, I, I must correct this. You know, in the public sector hospitals, it's a little bit different uh, because, you know, it's all undergoes, uh, it's under the Ministry of Health. So they, they go procurement through ELPS. So what they usually do is they do a tender system. And uh, so our platform doesn't really cater to the public sector because we, our main customers are the private doctors. Uh, but of course, uh, as 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 Pan Malayan pharmaceutical ourselves, we also do tenders for you know the masks or aprons, and we do do our our bit to supply to the nation too. Timothy, talk to me then about this concept of e health. What are we talking about in terms of an e pharmacy, let's say, or or leaning on the aspects of your platform in order to be able to deliver an e pharmacy experience? How could this pave the way forward? What's next? Right. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question because uh, when you talk about e-pharmacy, it's slightly different from what we have right now on the B2B e-commerce. So you, let, let me put it in context. The B2B e-commerce is what doctors, they, they order drugs for their clinics, right? E-pharmacy, we, got, we are the one and only company in Singapore that obtained the e-pharmacy license about one and a half years ago where we are allowed to do e-pharmacy uh, fulfillment. So basically what it does is that uh, you are a doctor. I'll give you an example. You are a doctor, you do an e-prescription online rather than versus writing a script. You know, in the past, sometimes you write a script and we have to go to your pharmacies to fulfill it. But what you do right now as a doctor, you are able to go online to our platform called WellAway, place the orders, and our end, we will deliver the medication directly from our warehouse to the patient. Uh, someone like yourself and mine, you know, within a three-hour time frame. That quickly, that easily? Yes, that's that easily, that quickly. Of course, you can't compare with the public sector. You know, public sector, I, I believe they take a few days. Um, but we 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 cater, like I said before, primarily to the private market. So who are our customers using this platform? They are your GPs, your specialists, your telehealth providers. So we are actually the ones uh, helping some of the major telehealth providers fulfilling the medication directly to the patients. Actually, let's talk about that. Does this marry very seamlessly with the telehealth experience you think is a little bit more congruent with that because it is a, a purely online experience in that ex in that scenario? Yes, I would say that it is uh, initially that we think that it, telehealth would be one of our main uh, beneficiary of utilizing our e-pharmacy services. But along the way, I think, you know, doctors are very intelligent. So they realize that when they use a well away, they are able to somewhat reduce the inventory in their clinics. And they are able to order just in time for their patients. So let's say, for example, you know, you have a chronic heart condition. You know, the doctors do not have to stock these medications in their clinics. They, they see you say, all right, you know, I'm going to prescribe this for you. And when you reach home, 
the medication will arrive at your doorstep. Is this safer and better for the patient as well, I wonder? Because if we're reducing on supply chain problems um, and, and the doctor is not stocking it, let's say, then it's good, right? Because it's it's the supply state. Let's say it had needed a cold supply chain, so it's staying in its you know, refrigerator environment and area better. Technically, it could mean better outcomes or options for the patient. Absolutely right. So that's why we we spend a lot of effort and time to get this licensing. So you're absolutely right. So when if the medication leaves direct from a warehouse, which is, you know, it's a cold room or it's, it's air conditioned, right? It never sort of breaks the cold chain when it arrives to the patient. So when you receive your medication, it should still be cold. Uh, and we are very stringent and uh, compliant with the HSA requirements on maintaining temperature control of your medication. So sometimes, you know, if, if, if you get your drugs, you go to clinics, you get your drugs, and you go and eat a uh, chakwe tiao in a hawker center, and it's really warm, you put it in the sun, you know, you go back home after one whole day, you know, technically, scientifically, it should not be so good. Yeah. I always feel bad when I like buy my probiotics and I go to like eat the chocolate like you said. I'm like, hey, Alamah, I've been sitting in the sun. It's supposed to be a refrigerator. What's going I'm wasting. I might have just um, affected the quality of that medication. But on a sidetrack, I mean, just going back to the main point, which is, is it cost efficient for this e-pharmacy model to be delivering person to person, patient to patient, individual to individual, rather than it being as a chunk being stored by the clinic or by the doctors themselves? Um, well, it, it depends on the perspective that you're looking at, right? If you're a patient, definitely you have to pay a, a few dollars more to have this drug delivered to, to your house versus getting it from the clinic. Uh, but if you're on the telehealth system, I think it's much more convenient. You don't have to go out uh, to get this medication. So I believe uh, from our point of view, it's very different, right? We make, like you said, we, we, we fulfill hundreds of orders a day, be it to direct the clinic, uh, be it direct to the patient. Of course, you will say it will be more cost-effective, efficient for us to deliver to the clinic. But um, that is where we, we we stand. We we create value, not just for the doctors, for the... Maybe we can create value for various stakeholders in the industry. I'm curious, for my listener who might be hearing this term for the first time, the <laughs> e-pharmacy experience, maybe they've encountered it before. How are, how are Singaporeans encountering the e-pharmacy experience in Singapore? Where are you guys right now? Where are you operating? How Who with? Right. We have close to 300 users, uh, doctors, telehealth groups, um, healthcare groups using our platform. Um, I would say that every day we fulfill close to 200, 250 e-prescriptions a day, seven days a week. That will make us the size of a little community hospital in Singapore. So I think that it is it is by far the fastest growing division of our group. And it's still a space that is not don't have doesn't have any other players. You guys are the only e pharmacy in Singapore. Yes, we are. We we are we are proudly homegrown, Singapore owned. Um, and you know we went through the very stringent compliance process, audit process, especially think about it, cybersecurity and all right, compliance, cybersecurity, supply chain integrity, so on and so forth. You know the audit manual is this. Thick. And uh, yeah, I'm proud to say that we are one and only uh, for the past one and a half years. We may not be over the next months or years, but at least we have a quite a big head start and uh, we have proven the business model to be feasible.
Yeah, you may not be. Who, you give me a nice business idea now as well, actually, Timothy. You never know. Uh, no, but we're going to find out more about the ideas. Besides the idea of the, the, the benefits that could happen for the patient, up next, I want to talk about the data that's being generated from this and how big data could be a big part of maybe predicting the next um, health pandemic or flu seasons even, just based on this pattern of medication delivery and e-pharmacies and working with the hospitals and doctors and you, the patient, as well. We're learning about this trend in the world of health and tech on today's edition of Health Matters as I speak to Timothy Chun, CEO of DocMed Technology and Panmalayan Pharmaceuticals. Stay tuned. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Back on today's edition. So we've just learned about the concept of an e-pharmacy and the experience that happens there for many of you who are using, for example, telehealth. And outside of that, a lot of your doctors in the private sector, your GPs are also utilizing this approach. What more can be gleaned from this kind of approach? The data that's being generated by all this could be very very useful. We're learning more about the concept of e-health and e-pharmacies from Timothy Chen, who's CEO of DocMed Technology and Panmalayan Pharmaceuticals. I'm curious, Timothy, all of this is fascinating because it's a behind-the-scenes aspect that's happening. Obviously, important technologies and, and data needs to be um, streamlined to make sure that it's being done in the right way. But as a wonderful by-effect and by-product here, really useful insights could be gleaned, for example, when demand peaks for Tamiflu or something like that. Can you walk us through how all of this could be potentially even more beneficial when we look at the data here? Absolutely. I think, you know, we have two platforms, primarily two platforms. I mentioned before, we have the e-commerce that has been operating for 20 years and we have the e-pharmacy has been operating for one and a half to two years. So in the past, over the past 20 years, what we have is procurement data for the clinics. So all this while, all these years, what we've been doing is that we use that data, we do analytics on it, and we know the seasonal trends of the type of medication. Give you an example, June, December, very common. Flu medication, Tamiflu, right? You, we can tell from it, you know, your overseas travels. But since the pandemic has happened, and that's where also our e-pharmacy started, we glean a deeper insight, coupled together with greater advancement in predictive AI. So give you an example. Um, <clears throat> do you remember the circuit breaker? When circuit breaker was over, um, everybody was rushing out to have meals outside. Um, within one to two weeks, we saw a huge spike for medication for gastric flu, um, <laughs> food poisoning. Uh, After eating that. all our home-cooked food for so long, suddenly going <laughs> right? back to the restaurant, going back to the dirty hawker centers here and there, who knows? La. Right. So that, that is one aspect of the of, of data that we can leverage on. Now, this what another interesting thing that happened last year, <clears throat> sometime in March, when everyone was masked off, uh, everyone was visiting and doing things like this. In March, we noticed outside of the seasonal trends, we noticed a surge in respiratory medication, the demand for respiratory medication. And that's where we, we flag out and say that, hang on, I think we are having the fourth, third or fourth wave of COVID going on. And it corresponds with the spike of the antigen kits that we were selling and say, okay, you know, we know that it's, and that was even way before even perhaps the news was reported because we could detect the trends weeks before it became official. We knew, we started working maybe with 10 cases a day, it suddenly spikes to, I'm give, giving you just examples, to 100 cases the next day. And we knew that something was up already. 
What can we do with this data, Timothy? How can you utilize and leverage and build on it to contribute to public health concerns? It is a really good question because in the healthcare industry, there are many, many key stakeholders. You have your doctors, your healthcare groups, you have your patients, you have your payers. I call it the payers. Who are the payers? Insurance providers, your government, and of course, the pharmaceutical principles. So it's all interrelated. So when we have data such as this, you know, how, how, can, we, how can we benefit the system? Um, of course, we are able to share our data with the public sector, with Ministry of Health. Um, but I must say that Ministry of Health has a very robust disease reporting uh, system in place, not just from the public sector, but from the private sector. Right? But what else can our data help? Our data can help with the pharmaceutical principles, for example, in planning for their supply chain. In case of severe disruption, we can, you know, we can do a predictive analysis and say that, look, you know, in, in, perhaps in, in three months' time, we could see the next wave of COVID. Could you guys start preparing the supply chain? Uh, to provide the related, uh, related medication. That's another one. Or we can also inform the healthcare professionals early on. Um, we have a third asset. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's called Palm Connect, which is like a virtual medical library online where doctors go online to learn all the latest drugs, the latest uh, CME training, the continual training. We can we can make announcements that say that we, we see this trend going on. We can inform them earlier and perhaps do our role in the entire healthcare industry. See, that's fascinating. That, that aspect of the predictive element that you described earlier on for the pharmaceuticals, is that happening already? Yes, I. we are doing it for ourselves right now. We are, we are a private company, right? We are doing it uh, for ourselves. We do all the predictive analytics ourselves. We, I'm not sure if I mentioned that we are launching our new data pipes. That we're doing even more advanced predictive analytics for medication, for clinic procurement for even for campaigns for certain launches of drugs. But on the sharing level on the entire healthcare industry, I must say that we are still at the nascent stage. We are still at a very, very early stage. What's it going to take to reach the next stage? We'll learn about that and the ideas of expansion because, of course, when it comes to anything, I mean, this is a private company and it's doing what it's doing, but at the same time, the more data sets that we have, the better. Does that mean we need to expand beyond Singapore and into the rest of Southeast Asia? Stay tuned. More on that just ahead as I continue my chat on today's edition with Timothy Chen, who is CEO of DocMed Technology and Pan Malayan Pharmaceuticals. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Back on today's edition of Health Matters. Timothy, what's it going to take to get more information and more data into this? And at the same time, maybe expand the protocols that you guys have created with eHealth and e-pharmacies to the rest of the region. You mentioned having to obviously going through robust checks and protocols in order to get the only e-licensing as an e-pharmacy in Singapore. Across different borders, it's going to be a bit more challenging, huh? You're absolutely right. You know, um, you know, there isn't a very fixed set of regulations governing this area in other countries. E-pharmacy Singapore is the first to have such a, a set of rules in place. Um, and not only that, even for the e-commerce side of the business. So I must say that as a company, we are not in the business of collecting data. Uh, we are in the business of providing value to the healthcare professionals and also sometimes to the pharmaceutical companies where we do campaigns for them, right? Uh, but as we expand into overseas, uh, currently we are uh, live now in Malaysia and in Vietnam, we are, it's a very different landscape. 
we are flying the Singapore flag high. You say that we are best in class in governance, integrity. You know, we caught full of compliance. But when we go to those countries, uh, these countries, right, we, we, we face competition. Competition from other private sectors, players, who may not play by the same rules. And therein lies that kind of perhaps some form of uneven advantage there. But we are a Singapore homegrown company. We are determined to bring the best in class that what we have, fly our flag high and go there and do what's best for the industry. Because what's the best case scenario here? Making sure that when the next pandemic strikes, that our clinics, doctors, GPs, health professionals have the right supply and are ready to go. Absolutely. And not only that, they, they would know what to stock up in preparation. And they would know that there is an unusual trend. For example, a new flu trend has emerged. A new seasonal flu trend has emerged. And they should be the first to know from our data that there is something different from the regular seasonal trends. They should be the first to know. We will be the first to know. We have our obligation to share that information and say, look, there's something sinister around the corner. You know, we are not just in the business of selling drugs, right? We are in the business of information. So we have to let them know, please take a look out for, for such cases. And we, we propagate it through our online virtual medical library. Timothy, before I let you go, good luck continuing to fly the Singapore flag high, like you said, in terms of our governance, in terms of our protocols, and what we can do to contribute to the health of the region. Is that the long-term and short-term plan? What's next for DotMed? Well, definitely Southeast Asia is our, our, our key areas. Malaysia, Vietnam, uh, a hugely large, larger industry than Singapore, more complicated in terms of the healthcare procurement landscape, as you can imagine. And uh, yeah, we, we are looking forward to further developing our technology, our predictive uh, AI, and we hope that we can launch these in all these countries. You've experienced elements of the e-pharmacy already in Singapore. E-health is an important big trend. Two of my favourite things coming together, and that's the world of health and the world of technology. And we've learned about it on today's edition from Timothy Chen, CEO of DocMed Technology and Pan Malayan Pharmaceuticals. Thank you all for joining me. And here's a reminder, you can download podcasts of Health Matters uh, anywhere you find podcasts right now. Head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just search for Health Matters CNA or just Search for Daniel Martin and you'll find it easily enough there. Thank you all for joining me on today's edition. Here's wishing you always the best of health. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.